Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. This podcast is about sharing strategies and ideas to help business owners build, protect, and transition their businesses for the future while creating more balance in their life. Your host is Thomas J. Perrone, CLUCIC, and president of the New England Consulting Group of Guilford Incorporated, consulting business owners for over 50 years. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth. Hi, I'm Tom Perrone, and I'm your host. And this podcast is all about learning strategies to build your business, to create greater profit, but to create also an abundance of leisure time so you can enjoy what you're building. Today, we have a wonderful guest, and I would like to introduce to you Welcome, Dr. Nancy Yonker, to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. Nancy, how are you? I'm doing great, Tom. Thank you. And, and th- you? Oh, I'm doing I'm doing wonderful. And I want to thank you for taking the time to share with us a lot of stuff that we're going to cover today, Nancy. And, uh, you know, I've gotten to know you pretty well in the last year or so. Uh, but the audience obviously may know or may not know of you, but I'm going to cover a couple of things and then we'll get into some questions. Um, first of all, Nancy is in business, has worked with businesses who want to strengthen their relationship, navigate conflict, and increase cooperation in their family enterprises. Uh, Nancy's the, the go-to person here. And Nancy, we know all about that, partnerships and families, and we work with that all the time. Um I see a lot of different stories over the years, but Nancy has a PhD in psychology and has been working in the transformational space with leaders, partners, and families for 31 years. Nancy, you started what, when you were 11? (laughs) Just Uh, about. (laughs) But she's amazing because she's the author of two books, The Business Partner Survival Guide and the Amazon bestseller for women called Get Your Power On. Uh, Nancy is the founder of Audacious Leaders MO, a program that equips family business owners and entrepreneurs to master their mindset, leverage their strengths, and skillfully communicate with their partners so they can tiptoe no more. I love that one. And, you know, I'm having a lot of fun with talking about this because, you know, my background working with companies and those of us who work with companies sees all kinds of stories. Um, And Nancy, this book, uh, I didn't read the other book yet, but I I have to tell you, I used the business partnership book that you wrote, which was done fantastically. I share it with my clients and people that I know, and you did a great job on this book. Thanks so much, Tom. Appreciate that. Yeah. And I would suggest that if you're listening and you own a business, it's called the Business Partnership Survival Guide by Dr. Nancy Yonker. So, Nance, let's talk a little bit about um, how you got started in this profession. Yeah, that's it, those are always great stories, aren't they? I love hearing people's stories like this. Um, so I, I'm going to go back just a, a wee bit longer than maybe you intend, but I've always had this burning desire to work with people. In high school, I was a candy striper thinking maybe I'd go the medical route and Uh, My aunt was a psychologist, and she was such a great role model for me. So when I went off to college, I, of course, took psychology and just fell in love with it. Just always so fascinated with the questions of why people do what they do, and, of course, just a love for people. And um, 
I also, I was a middle child in my family. So there's a fan, there's six kids and um, I'm number three. And so um, as many people know, the middle child often becomes the peacemaker and the harmonizer in the family. So uh, I think that was probably true for me too. I, um, I went on to graduate school in clinical psychology because I really wanted to work with people. And, um, and so I got my PhD in that and, and worked then for almost 30 years in a private practice. Um, started out in a, in a hospital setting and so on. But um, it's so interesting because psychology was all focused at that time on figuring out what was wrong with people so that we could fix them and help them do better. And um, around the time that psychology was moving out of that into positive psychology, I was also thinking there's got to be more to it than this. I'd really love to get out of the mental health arena and work with people wherever they're at. Um, so uh, that's that's what I ended up doing. Um, I closed my practice at the end of 2016 after writing this book for women, um, which was actually, it's a book about, you're off the hook for reading it, by the way, since it's a book for women. But yes, um, I, I do hear that it's helpful because it takes a lot of mind-body techniques and um, looks at how we can be more empowered in all the different arenas in our life. Um, and so, yeah, it's, that was great fun. And then um, the, the other group that I really loved working with throughout my practice were business owners and those in families. Um, th those were also the folks who were struggling to have more empowerment in their lives and bringing their own vision uh, to fruition. Because as you know, as you have worked with so many of them, family relationships are complicated. And then when you put in there running a business within a family, um, whether it's a family office or a business itself, like there's a lot of complication and a lot to keep straight. And so um, that, that has really become the focus of my work in the second phase of my career here. Well, you know, yes, sometimes that's the storyline from a lot of us go is having a lot of experience in one area and then seeing how it really relate to a total different area, which probably was pretty dramatic, dramatic for you to go into more of a private sector in a business environment. Um, that's, a, that's another area of really, if you thought about it, what, what are the things that you kind of felt made the difference of you getting to this stage of success in your life at this point? Yeah, well, as you said, it was quite a transition. I thought it would be far more natural than it was. Um, I started out by just doing lots of learning. Like you, I'm a natural learner. And uh, so I was reading books, taking online courses, partly about how to do on online business, um, working and talking to uh, top coaches and consultants. And, and then I worked as an independent contractor in a mindset and business strategy coaching service. And that's where I was able to mentor and advise business owners from all over the world, right? From China, Australia, Australia Ireland, the UK, Spain, India. And I saw that people struggle with the same core issues wherever they are. And, um, so that, that really encouraged me. I felt um, more sort of armed with knowledge and confidence about how my skill set could transfer. Um, and then when I came into my own business again, um, it really required 
a shift from being a practitioner to an entrepreneur. And again, these are all the things that you talk about in your book, right? About a lot of us professionals, we don't get any training in business. And I I really knew precious little about what it meant to um, run a business. I had to start valuing my time differently. Um, and probably the biggest challenge was that I had to recognize that it's not always the quality of the service that counts, but it's how willing you are to make yourself visible um, and and the unique approach that you bring and so on. And so that's something I really needed to think about. Like in psychology practice, I would never talk to people about what their end result was going to be. We talked a lot more about what the process of working together was going to look like. Um, so, so really pulling together, right? My my holistic training, my background in psychology, the way I serve people, what difference that makes in their lives. Those were not things that um, I was used to talking about. Um, but I've now I've gotten quite accustomed to it, and then. I think the other thing is, and I know you talk about this in your book too, relationships, right? Really relying on the network um, to to help have people not only be collaborators in the work, but kind of help to get the word out. You know, and and that is the big difference. I think that is the key. Uh, it, it does take a village. Um, Mm-hmm. You, know, you said an interesting thing. You were working with what the issues were with your, I'm going to call them your clients and patients, whatever that be, and not results, but what the issues are. And, you know, businessmen are so related to results. Right. Yeah. Okay. We got a process. Yeah. What's the bottom line? When are we going to get this done? How is it going to look? And that's kind of a little different when you're kind of working with a lot of other things that are movable parts in someone's head, you know? So that's an interesting thing. I, and I never thought of it in your situation before until you said that. Um, yeah. Well, I had to be encouraged over and over again. <laughs> How many marketing people were talking to me? You have to make the results more tangible to people. Like you have, you have to start speaking their language. And, um, and that is the challenge, I think, for anyone who goes from a position such as mine into the business world. Was was that one of the biggest challenges you had, or did you have other challenges going, when you went from private practice into the business world as an entrepreneur? I think I think those two things. Um, the the other was um, by by its very definition, right? My private practice was private. I actually bought a building that was a little ranch house that um, is like, it's a retreat-like setting. Um, got this beautiful backyard with deer and turkeys. And, um, and, and so going from something that was private and discreet to something now that requires much more visibility, um, those, that was a personal challenge for me. And then, um, and then the other one is the, the language. Right, really beginning to talk more about what the results are for people. Uh, interesting question. Uh, again, um, being in practice for 50 years, I learned how to be a little more open with people as time went on. It, it, obviously, I was very defensive when I was younger, and then I matured a little bit. So, but uh, working 
And I, I don't want this to sound sexist at all, but when I started in 1970, it truly was a man owner world. And now mm-hmm. it certainly has changed. Um, and did you have to change your attitude if if many of your clients were men? You know, men have egos and sometimes real big egos and they're difficult to work with sometimes. Did you have a challenge there? Um, actually, not so much. What I find, and, and of course, people self-select. People who would not enjoy working with me usually don't end up working with me. Yeah. But but the men that did work with me and, and do work with me are those who, um, they have a desire to look at things at a deeper level. They they want to be able to talk about what's on their mind so that they're not laying awake in the middle of the night at 2 a.m., right? Yeah. And and so, um, you know, again, I think it's it's the those who seek um, some sort of assistance or collaboration, partnership to take care of some issues in their business are typically the ones that I work very, very well with. And those who don't, right, the ones who either don't want to become vulnerable or who um, just have an approach that they want to do it the way they do it without becoming more self-aware or something, those are the folks typically that, um, well, I might see their partners, Tom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it, it is true if you think about it. And I put, I did put this in the book. And, you know, you talk a lot about this, about the communication in your book about partnerships. And that is, if you think about it, if, if I'm a, a business owner, I have an issue. I can't talk to my my spouse, my wife. I don't want to burden her with my issues. I don't want to talk to my competitor, even though he's my good friend, to open up any ideas. And I really don't want to talk to my employees to let them know that there's a leak somewhere, but this is bothering me. So who do I speak to? And that's where I think coaches and uh, advisors who open up to those type of communications are very valuable. Um, You know, I totally agree. Yeah. They need to have a communication. It can't, they need to bounce it off. And, and whether you're giving them an opinion or just listen, that's all they're looking for. Right, right. Yeah, because how else do they get clarity about what they think? Especially, you know, because so many business owners um, are visionaries, right? And, and they have what we call um, in, in the instinctive strength world, the, the quick start energy. Uh, that's the Colby um, developed by Kathy Colby. And, and so when they've got that, those folks often, they don't know what they think until they hear themselves say it, right? That's kind of how they process through decision-making. And if they don't have a team that either they can trust or especially when the problems get a little thorny and they have to be a little more careful about who they're talking to about some of that, they absolutely need that sounding board. And, and I think, you know, you, because you work with, with companies and families and so on, what I find is that so many people like you are savvy around that, right? You can, you can help draw them out and so on. But every now and then, the, the issues, you know, are of such a nature that they, they want a little more specialized help or advisors want to bring in someone who's just a little more accustomed to dealing with either the conflicts or the questions. 
You know, and I'm saying this because I have a lot of advisors that are listening to the podcast or will, and sometimes they don't understand that the relationship really builds when you get into the feelings of life and not the facts, because the feelings are the feelings. Facts can change all the time, but feelings are deep. And I've always found it. I talk about bringing the team together and throwing your egos out of the door, but I think advisors who work with business owners should always bring or consider bringing someone like yourself to, to them just to get clarity on some things that they're never going to tell their financial advisor. They're never going to tell their financial advisor, I'm really, I dislike my spouse. They're not going to say that, but they might say it to you. <laughs> and that <laughs> right. changes the whole thing, right? Right. So it's yeah. it, it's one of those things that I think is very important that it, that people working with uh, business owners uh, should really identify another bucket in their uh, educational system with their 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 employers because it's a very needed area. Uh, Nancy, what are the things that you know you have to be aware of and stay up on as an entrepreneur coach? Um. Well, <laughs> a whole number of things to be aware of and stay up on, I'd say. Um, I think, you know, one one of the things, again, making that transition into running more of a business is, you know, I was told, well, you have to measure what you treasure. You got to watch the finances. And um, so I started doing that. But what I find to be even more important is to measure and track the activities, right, that we know will produce financial results. Um, I think cultivating relationships, as we've been talking about. And one of the things that I come at is this whole idea of managing energy as well as time and money. Um, and, And that is part of what the Colby really talks about, right? When we go with our instinctive strengths, then it's, you know, we can change our work experience to be from like paddling upstream to um, paddling downstream, you know, fighting the current versus going with it. Um, and, and this whole idea of energy, right? We have, we have sort of our peak work hours and then we have sort of this trough and then a rebound. And um, so in my, in my to-do list here, I have little emojis, right? The, uh, the fire for my peak time a wilted little flower for the trough time and then the rainbow in the rebound time, because I wish I could remember which author uh, wrote about that. Um, But the rebound time tends to be a more creative time. And so I know that you're, you're really um, big on categorizing your time too, and you maybe do it by day. Um, That's my memory anyway, but, but we can also do it by time of day. Um, And then, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I finish up on that because I well, have- I just I was just going to say I know that uh, you love the Dan Sullivan question and Dan Sullivan's. I think it's his one of his newest books by um, himself and Benjamin Hardy. Who not how? Um, it's really you know being diligent about doing only the things that you're good at and are a good use of your time, energy, and talent, and then delegating the rest. I- I agree with you. And I uh, actually, 
in my book, I talk about building a multi-million dollar practice on 80 days a year working with clients. That's the only amount of time I worked with a client. And I talk about that and being honest. But here's what I learned, though. And it took me a long time, but I realized just what you said. I learned my energy levels during the day. And now at age 72, I monitor um, my activity based on where my level is. And obviously, I find that uh, the morning is the best time to do it. But I I never thought of it that way. Like you said, I always did it with days. Like I would take Monday and Friday off and just go away. But, you know, whether it's the hour or the time of day or the day, Whenever you have downtime and you get away from this, the creativity just creeps in over time. Um, and that's the, that is the strength of being an entrepreneur. I, I agree. And one of the things that, that struck me again as I was reviewing your book, Tom, is just how creative you are in, in your approach to um, helping business owners around all of the different financial things. And can I just put a plug in for your book too? Because oh, yeah, yeah, I, do. <laughs> I, I, I just, I so enjoyed it. And, and those little vignettes at the end, right. Where you're writing to your dad um, about what you wished you could have helped him with knowing what you know today. I just found those to be so touching and also sort of anchoring the lesson of the chapter. Um, I just thought it was masterfully done. Yeah, that was Bill Doerr's uh, idea. And then the more I put to it, but thank you very much. Yeah, I enjoyed writing that. And, uh, um, but, you know, that's, that's over 50 years. You got a lot of memories, but um, uh, Nancy, um, let's talk about your, what you do, your services, how you work with people because we just covered you as a business person and entrepreneur and the things that, and that's very helpful for people that are just running a business. But now we want to get into what you're actually doing. So give us a description of your specialty. Who do you like to serve? Yeah, well, I love to serve business owners and help them manage the people side of their business. And so usually that takes one of two forms. either strengthening the relationships with families who work together, either in a business or family office. And sometimes that's siblings, cousins, parents, or friends in a business. Really any kind of a business partnership where the relationship really matters, right? People don't just want to walk away or they can't, um, or where they don't want things to blow up. Um, So that, that is a major portion of what I do. And then the the second thing, and we kind of touched on that around the Colby, is that I equip business owners to help their leaders and teams actualize their potential through understanding their strengths in all three parts of the mind. And, you know, oftentimes, I know you're familiar with the Colby, but oftentimes people are not aware that there's three different parts of the mind, the thinking, the feeling, and the doing. And most people don't know about the doing, don't know how to measure the doing. And, and what that really is, is how we instinctively approach problem solving in a way that's natural to us. Even, even if like we wish we were more organized, we can kind of predict how organized and what form that's going to take, um, given, given the way our, our strengths are. Um, and so, as you know, there's 12 different natural talents, and um, I think it behooves every business owner and their team to know what they're for 
off of those 12 are. Yeah, and, you know, we had a talk before we started getting on air here, and I told you about my experience with one of my office assistants, and I, I found out what the Colby was all about, and it changed my whole relationship um, with her and how I addressed and communicated with her, because just like you said, how do we get it done? And she could not receive a message one way. She needed it three ways of communication, and then she was fine. So I'm, I'm going to encourage business owners, if they don't know about the Colby test, they should reach out to Nancy and have a chit-chat about that. Huh, huh Nancy? I think so. And then we might as well just say it's not like the cheese. It's not It's not spelled like that. It's K-O-L-B-E. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would have spelled it like the cheese. But anyway, <laughs> um, let's see. And also, so what are the... Uh, what do you think the common mistakes people make when they're trying to solve this kind of a problem? Well, if we if we go to the well, either one really, you know, I call it the merry-go-round of inefficiency. And there's either a merry-go-round that's going on because their efforts are not well used, right? They're well not well directed. There's not a good fit between their talents and the role that they're in. Um, but often there's a merry-go-round of conversations, right? Things never resolve. People um, sort of get caught in the cycle of, all right, we're going to talk about things and then it goes poorly. So then we're not going to talk about things. And then something happens to trigger the need to talk about things. And, and so, you know, my big thing is let's get you off the merry-go-round because um, actually I devoted a whole chapter in my book, Tom, to the mistakes that people make um, when, when having difficulties in their partnership. And one of them is that they simply try harder um, and you know hunker down, do it more, uh, keep doing what's not working. And another is that they really, they exhaust themselves trying to be who they think their partner wants them to be or needs them to be, um, rather than trying to figure out what the best version of themselves is. And that's really why I have my program, Audacious Leaders MO. And um, I know you've read my book, but I talk about the transformational triangle being audacious coupled with gracious and tenacious. Um, and that triangle, usually people have some part of that that's out of balance. Um, and when they can bring those into balance and really have the audaciousness to be who they are, their most authentic self, and show up that way. Um, that's what helps them. Um, but back to back to the mistakes. Um, staying in their silos and tiptoeing around um, is is a real difficulty. And then getting caught in the blame game, even when they don't mean to, right? But somehow that's how our brains work. Um, and then I think maybe the the one I'll end on is not realizing their great potential to create change. Oftentimes people think that. Um, you know, they're just one in the partnership, whether that be a partnership of one or three or five or seven um, or six. And, and the truth is that they have huge potential to create success when they're willing to own the problem and see how what they're doing or not doing is contributing to it. 
And, and there's that clarity that we talked about. If I had to use one word, it's that defining of clarity, where you are, where do you want to go? Because they're all over the map until they do that. Right. It's, it's, Absolutely. That was the one chapter I read that I just kind of had to read again and go over because I went through it personally over 40 years ago. And I could see me in these. That was me. No clarity. I was all over the lot. And because of it, it caused a, a breakup, a business breakup. But that, I'll take responsibility for that. But um, so, OK, so here we go. We, we've got that. But so what's the solution that that you provide and how is it different from what other consultants might provide? Well, that's such a great question because, you know, what I do realize too, and I'm sure you do, we are all uh, products of our own experiences, our worldview and, and the things that we've gone through in our lives to shape us. And um, so it makes a huge difference in how I approach things. And one of that things is, is that I am so adamantly strengths-based because what I know, I think it's Rich Hansen who talks about this, uh, Rick Hansen. Um, that the brain is Velcro for the bad and Teflon for the good. And, and so um, <clears throat> I come at things not from the perspective of what's wrong here and how can we fix it, but what is right with each of you, with all of you, and how can we begin to use those things? And for, like I said, so many people don't know about the three parts of the mind. So there's a real discovery that takes place. Um, and one of the things too, is I was trained in a lot of holistic work. So, um, in my practice with people, I used meditation and mindfulness and humor and breath work and using body language to communicate and so on. And so I bring all of that to the work that I do with families and partners. Um, I also, uh, I have a roadmap. I don't know if you've seen it, Tom, but, um, it, it begins with the vision because with so many uh, business owners who've been in problems for a while, um, that vision gets diminished, right? It's just chipped away at over the years. Yep. And, and so we, we work to sort of polish that up and reconnect to it. And then we look at what the what roadblocks are. And I know this mimics some of what you do too. Um, and, then, and then we go through mindset kinds of things so that they can begin to own the problem so they can create the solution. And then um, we look at those strengths. We talk about self-awareness, probably one of the most underrated aspects of leadership. Um, and, and then we work toward communication and we've got wonderful techniques and ways to set the stage for successful conversations. And then we talk about interests and really how, how they can, um, what uh, advocate for their interests without um, imposing them and and really be able to look at the interests and not have them hardened into positions um, and and then come away um, we often have a written agreement by the end of things that includes how they're going to interact with one another what the boundaries are because as you know when you've got families in business there needs to be a distinction between how they talk at work and how they talk at home and and when they're in their family relationship and when they've got their business hats on so that's one of the things that we we really stress um 
So there's there's the intangible results and um, the tangible. And and let me add to this. And again, I think it just comes with being around long enough. You know, um, mm-hmm. if you stay in business long enough, people get to know who you are. But here's the other part of that: when you stay in business long enough, and for some reason you start to read and learn more about yourself, you find that a lot of what you originally thought of yourself is totally inaccurate. And uh, it's almost like the cutting of the ham. And I've always encouraged my my, uh, partners, my associates to read more about vision, thinking about things. you know, even meditation, I started medita- meditating. Walt Hampton talked me into it. I'm enjoying it. But, you know, you, you, look, I, you look back and you say, gee, I thought it was going to be like this. And you're looking back 10, 15 years, but you weren't the same. Per- you're not the same person because you've gotten clarity. You've talked to people like you. They've ex- they've encouraged you to read Maxwell Maltz, to look at, you know, a vision. And I'm a big believer in that. And um uh, yeah, no, there's such a learning curve. I don't care where you are in life and where you are in business, but what you're talking about, this is a whole different dimension of learning. It really is. And 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 knowing who you are to learn who you are because we keep changing, right. you know? Right. So I, I'm a big advocate of it because I think um, being in business can be very difficult if you don't get that torpedo moving in the right direction, you know, as we say. And, and so the results that you, the typical results that you get, Nancy, um, what would people expect um, when they work with you to solve a problem? Yeah, now now that we know it, we have to talk about this, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so they definitely come aware away with more awareness about themselves and their partners, right? About their strengths, their style, their inner wisdom, how they approach creative problem solving, where there's potential for conflict. They learn how to distinguish between what are personality issues and what are instinctive creative solving problem approach issues. As you were talking about the communication issues with your assistant, right? Sometimes those are just inherent in the way that we're wired. And once they have understanding about that, they they can accommodate their style then so that their chances of being heard explode, right? I mean, in a good way. Yeah, in a good way. <laughs> um, right. So um, they, they really then um, aren't spinning their wheels. They're not on that merry-go-round. Um, sometimes they can talk to each other for the first time about difficult subjects, uh, not, and for others, they can return to that ability to be able to talk to each other, which means that they're not only going to be able to initiate conversations and set the stage for them. They're going to be able to make decisions, resolve conflict, and not have to tiptoe around because of the fears, right? They don't like maybe want to poke the bear or elicit some conflict because they have the confidence that they can resolve that. Right. And when we're talking about those five dysfunctions of the team and, um, you know, fear of conflict is as bad as conflict itself, um, oftentimes. So for them to be able to engage, have disagreements, um, when we know that when a vision is not shared in the leadership, right, when people aren't singing off the same page, 
if they if they're not on the same tune or using the same words, they're certainly not harmonizing. What happens downstream with the ripple effect in the company is that people start looking out for themselves. And so that shared vision is so important for them to be able to not only have for themselves, but then to communicate. Um, so everyone becomes a little more audacious, gracious, and tenacious. And like I said earlier, there's a written agreement that we generate together, um, reflecting the clarity that they have around their vision and purpose, their interests, their ways of interacting, um, the boundaries that they use, and all, all of those great things so that they've got a strategy that they can go execute. You know, you, and I have to believe that by them being aware of this, it enhances their life on the outside world of business with other relationships. Oh, absolutely. Right. Because yeah. <laughs> we all know what that's like to be with somebody who's not really there because they're worried about stuff at the office or they're yeah. preoccupied or getting phone calls at night. Yeah. And, and you also, it, it's a way I think of, uh, you know, it starts from the top up and how do you build a culture from the top up? Well, that culture starts with clarity from the top up. And if you working with people that don't have clarity in their own life, there's a good chance they don't have clarity in their own business. Um, and people are not commu being communicated that way. So I see sort of, sort of like a rippling effect for a, a leader of a company to be, you know, getting clarity in their own life. I could see that how that just like roots of a tree. Yes. Oh, exactly. Wow. Um, well, that's pretty good. And so people get stuck on a merry-go-round and never resolving the conversation. So what's the valuable free action they could take to get unstuck, Nancy? Um, they could start visualizing and creating more clarity about what they want rather than either avoiding or hyper-focusing on the problems that they're trying to fix. And so we talk about creating mental movies in the theater of their own minds. They do the heavy lifting there, and that already starts to create change. Uh, you know, if you, that cliche, the, the, what is it, the glass is half full or half empty, you know, you boil it down to that, how you start thinking, and it's, it's, uh, it, it becomes positive when you start focusing on vision and where you want to be in your head, right? You're right. Yeah. And you have a free resource, and I'm going to put it in the show notes, um, but they can go to uh, your website, nancyyonker.com slash survival-guide slash to get a free copy of your book, The Business Partner. I suggest you all get that. And uh, Nancy, I'm going to have all of this in the, in the show notes, but... Before we end our meeting and interview today, is there anything else you would like to leave behind as a thought? Well, uh, Tom, I think that I think what you bring to your clients and the people that you work with is is that ability to be open and vulnerable. And I think that that is such an important uh, attribute. And, and I think if all of us can learn to do that, that, that will enrich our lives. Um, we are all prone to sort of hide 
what's not perfect within us. And, um, you know, Brene Brown has this whole thing about vulnerability and dare to lead. And when, when we can lead with vulnerability and self-awareness, we, we not only enrich ourselves, but we really do then have a wonderful ripple effect on everyone around us. Well, well, thanks for the compliment. And, uh, you know, but I, I do agree that if you can, you know, treat everybody like a human being and be open and as being honest as you can with yourself, it leads to such a better life. And, um, and that's why I've always believed in coaches because uh, my life changed quite a bit working with a coach, uh, Norm Trainer. He's a great, great. Uh, he, he's more of a, a, a financial guy, uh, coaching for a lot of financial people. But I got a lot out of coaching, and I'm a big advocate of coaches like yourself and and people that help business owners. And you do a great job. The books are great. Um, but Nancy, thanks so much for being a guest on the podcast. We learned oodles today, as they say. Um, it's so a true privilege. <laughs> yes, thanks. <laughs> thanks. And anything else you have want to add, Nancy, before we leave? Uh, let's let's go do our work efficiently and find ways to do it effortlessly and enjoy our lives and our relationships. Yes, have fun. Well, thank you, Nancy. Again, I appreciate your time. Thank you, Tom. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. It was a good show today. And uh, if you would help us out by subscribing, click a like. Uh, if you have any ideas or thoughts that you would like to share with us, please email me at tperone, that's P-E-R-R-O-N-E, at N-E-C-G-G-I-N-C dot com. And if you are a business owner or you know business owners that would like to participate on our show, certainly let me know. We certainly welcome everyone who is a business owner to help people out there that are running businesses with great ideas and strategies to make them successful. So again, thanks for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Whenever you're ready to grow and protect your business while creating more balance in your life, here are three steps you can take. One, subscribe to this podcast. To request a free copy of Tom's newly published book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, email Tom at tperone at necgginc.com. And on the subject line, type DNA. Include your mailing address. And thirdly, take the one-minute scorecard and report to see how efficient you are in your business planning. Email tperone at necgginc.com and request scorecard. For additional information, click the show notes.